Do you believe in the existence of witches? Ah, I have known some women who are said to be witches. Really? I've studied the phenomenon for a long time. I'm of the opinion that it is an important appendage of contemporary psychiatry. Uh, you're skeptical, my dear. Well, uh, frankly, it is a little hard to believe. What do witches do? They are malefic, negative and destructive. Their knowledge of the art of the occult gives them tremendous powers. They can change the course of events and people's lives, but only to do harm. You don't believe me? No. Their goal is to accumulate great personal wealth, but that can only be achieved by injury to others. They can cause suffering, sickness, and even the death of those who, for whatever reason, have offended them. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. This is episode 211. Welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where tonight we'll drink a bit too much of the Hocus Pocus hooch in... <laughs> Hangovers are a witch, man. You know, <laughs> I know exactly what you were going for on that, but on, on the audio recording, it just sounds like you're like... Eh. Does it sound sexy? I mean... Sounds sexy? I don't know about sexy, but... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I sound like when I'm hangover. Hungover. You're hangover. When I'm, that's what that's what I sound like when I am hangover, man. <laughs> We've been listening to Google translations in different in different accents too much. Very inappropriately, I might add. And this in different is, accents. This is what I sound like when I am hangover, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim, as always. And we are uh, we're just a bunch of giggle giggle mm. warts tonight. Yeah. Giggle fest over giggle, here, y'all. Giggle fest. <laughs> when I was <laughs> so the... we've uh, we've managed to somehow burn two hours. Yeah, yeah. Two hours before starting the podcast. Yep, it's uh, ten after twelve. Yeah, as uh, as normal. So we're not going to get out of here until four in the morning tonight. Okay, that's just how that works. Okay, but uh, we are talking about some witches tonight, so oh. maybe we can uh, like hocus pocus ourselves backwards. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. Uh, we are not talking about hocus pocus tonight, but uh, we'll get into what we are. There you go. That's the spirit, bud. I'm just going to keep it going. Hocus pocus. All right. Oh, God. Yeah. So, so, so. anyway, what have you been up to there, bud? Oh, the world has been so boring in the last week. Yeah. Really? Literally nothing in the entire world, nothing especially in this country has happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of a bore. Yeah, you know. Uh, t- I I haven't had my TV on in a while though, so I don't really know. I'm not. Uh, I'm up. I'm not up to date on my current affairs. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think there might <laughs> but, have been uh, uh, a new episode of uh, Hell's Kitchen that was on. Maybe. I don't this know. Looks like <laughs> wait, is Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay? I love Gordon Ramsay, dude. Oh, I yeah. would. I would pay him. Like, if you could pay a a reasonable fee. To have him come to your house and yell at you while you cook for just one day, I would do that. That I, would be an experience that I would like to have. I think that we just got an insight onto one of James's uh, unknown <clears throat> fetishes. He would pay to have a man come and yell at him during sex. Yeah. 
this <laughs> just berate him while he's railing his poor wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm available, James. I can do this for you. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'll do my best terrible English accent <laughs> that'll like go in and out of like an Australian, New Zealand, maybe some some German in there. It'd be great. Well, the key is because you, what is it? Every time you try to do a, a Scottish accent, you end up sounding Australian. So just pretend like you're doing a, a Scottish accent the whole time. I guess I don't know why. Oh, that was like British. I don't know. Was, that wasn't anything. <laughs> you could take a little. You could take a little. Uh, a, a little hint from your friend Google Translate. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know if I could learn too much from them. To be honest, they uh, they sound pretty not on the game. <laughs> but uh, of course, of course, this last week was the United States presidential election, and that's and I would say. All- I would say that we I, need for one, to say about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would say that I, for one, am happy that it's over with, but it still ain't fucking over with. Oh, it ain't over yet, baby. <laughs> Which everybody expected. Let's be honest. Everybody sure. expected this one to be long and drawn out. Um, yet somehow, when it was exactly as predicted, half the world is flipping their shit right now. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. The way I see it, it's like, it's it's done. It's my part's done. Yeah. So I've just I've kept my TV off for the last couple of days. Yep. Every once in a while I'll peek in to see if the count has changed, which is really weird that the 264 to 214 has been there for 3 days. Yep. It's strange. I don't think it's um, it depends on what you watch too. Some places aren't calling it yet. Like some some news organizations are calling certain states and other yeah. ones have, are refusing to. Yeah. Um, I'm only checking it pretty much twice a day. The first like two days, I was like all about it. I was watching it. Sure. Because because those are the days you expect things. Well, to you change and I always we we get together and we watch like every every four year. I guess we do the midterms too, don't we? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Do we? Mm-hmm. We get together. It's just an excuse to drink beer and play board games, really. Yeah. But which we did. We which we did, and we watched the uh, the election results and, um, yeah, that's what we did. It was. You know, we were into it the first night. The second day, I was sort of like, yeah, okay, let's see what's going on here. And then, and much, then now yeah. I'm just like, right, just fucking call me when yeah, we have a new now, president. I don't care. Now I'll put on, before I go to work, I'll put the TV on and watch it for about a half an hour just to get caught up what happened overnight. <clears throat> and then I'll put it on usually like at the end of the day to see what happened during the day. And that's yeah. that's pretty much where I'm at. If anything drastic changes, I'll get alerts on my phone. So yeah. I don't need to watch it 24-7. Yeah. But, um, I just, I, I don't yeah. know. I can't. <clears throat> I'm. I can't spend any more time. I can't spend any more of my energy on it. Oh, dude. and Facebook for fuck's I, sake, dude. Yeah. Like I, can't, I just can't with some of the people that we are friends with anymore. I'm just like, hey, shut up, shut up about it for a while. Yeah, I'm. I'm fairly certain. You know, uh, in uh, what we do in the shadows, like there's the one guy who is like the energy vampire. I know what you and I do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Butt stuff. Hey. <laughs> um, no, like you know the one guy who's like not like an actual blood vampire, but he considers himself one because he sucks the energy out of people by just literally just speaking about things that no one cares about, yeah. and he just sucks <laughs> the energy out of the room. <laughs> Have you seen that TV show? No, I haven't oh, seen it. Okay, so I was gonna okay. say that doesn't sound it's familiar. So to me. good, you need to watch the TV show. Um, <clears> but yeah, like he'll walk into the office. And like so hey did you hear about the new stapler over there who's like blah, blah blah like he'll just talk nonsense and just drain people yeah. and steal their energy. <laughs> that's what politics have done to me uh. in the last uh year yeah, honestly man. but like mostly the last month yeah and i'm just done like u.s yeah, politics is an energy vampire is what it is yeah uh and i'm just done with it man i i've had 
I'm so, I mean, I was bitching to you the other day about it. Like, I'm, I'm so mentally drained from this. Yeah. Just from all the fucking fighting it's caused, from all the, the divisions that it's caused, you know, with, between friends, between family. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. done with it. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you can't, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not a one-sided thing because the people that want to fight are going to continue to fight whether you're done with it or not. Yeah. Which is the bad part. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't really, aside from with you, mm-hmm. I don't really engage anybody anymore. Yeah. Like somebody um, tries to come at me with something, I'm just like, hey, cool guy. Well, if you're one of those people, <laughs> yeah. If you're one of those people like me that have those people in your direct life, though, and sure, it's, sure. Uh, it's a drain on you, I feel you. And solidation. Solidation! Solidarity. Solidarity! Solidation is not, not a word. <laughs> Solidationarity. <laughs> there you go. I'm just making Bring back up. George H.W., right? <laughs> I <laughs> never thought I'd see the day, James. I never thought. Um, anyway, though, uh, yeah, <clears throat> outside of that, though, it's, it's been a week. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just uh, COVID. COVID's on the rise. Oh, the election. Sake, you know, dude. the world's ending again. It's fine. This is just like I don't even know we anymore. Did, we did have uh, an update from our uh, our from that woman in Michigan today. Yeah, and uh, she did say that uh, she's not putting any um, shutdowns in place. It doesn't seem like we're any closer to any more shutdowns, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. At least she's not going to get try to get kidnapped again. That's that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> all good Good things. to hear. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. what, really all I want to know is how how much of her outfit was leather? Ooh. Um, probably the jacket. I didn't actually watch it. Naturally. The, clip, yeah, so the natch, jacket's got to be. I'm assuming there was maybe a leather thong in place. Oh. Which sounds uncomfortable now that I say it out loud. Yeah, maybe she's into that. Uh, not, not very breathable. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's the point. Oh, maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> really maybe, seals in the maybe, flavor. Maybe somebody at home likes the stank. Oh you know what God! <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise. I, it's. I think it's funny because like the the leather jacket has kind sorry, of. Sorry, be- sorry, Gretchen. <laughs> I'm not. I don't like you. But uh, um, the leather jacket has kind of become her thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So even even in, like, more professional settings where she's <laughs> she's wearing, like, a like a, um, like a pantsuit or something, mm-hmm. like, the sleeves of the pantsuit will still be leather. <laughs> I'm just like, it's kind of badass. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock you for that because it's, she's made it her thing, which the, is kind of cool. The, it's kind of cool to have a thing, you know, the like, best- like my thing move. is my thing is hanging out with you. Like that's your if, power. Move? If I go, yeah, if I go somewhere, usually you are right next to me, hyping me up. Oh, okay, that's I'm my thing. That. I'm into that. You're my leather jacket. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I make you look good. Yeah, yeah, you do. By comparison, <laughs> you make me look really good. See what what should happen is in uh, in in Royal Oak we have a store called Noir Leather. It's basically a fetish store. They should totally get Gretchen Whitmer. To be their spokeswoman. Oh, that would be a brilliant <laughs> right? move, dude. And, and then she can get free gear and wear them at all, at all, of, her, all of her conferences. Just start off simple with like a nice choker or something yeah, yeah. with like the little ring on the front, you know, suggesting that maybe you like to have a leash on every once in a while. Maybe move up to, instead of wearing a mask on stage, you wear a ball gag. <laughs> it could work. This could really work. It'd just change up her whole... I think she said the state of Michigan is that we're all completely fucked. Is that, was that pretty close? I have balls in my mouth. <laughs> um, I'd pay to see that, actually. I, I should ask her if I can start making her leather goods. You should. You She'd should. Like, Gretch, listen, I'll make you a nice choker. 
You should make a, you should make a leather that has just black uh, sleeves on it and just call it the Whitmer. You should oh. do it. You should totally do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. A leather a leather what? Just a jacket? No, like leather like a leather wallet that has sleeves that come off of it. <laughs> <laughs> the most impractical thing. Just a wallet with sleeves. <laughs> it's fine. No, they can they can fold in and you, it'll be a cubby for a key. Oh, I see. And then you can actually that's actually it's not, not that terrible. Bad of an it's idea, a not terrible yeah. idea. All right. Um Anyway, though, yeah, this, whatever. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is how we resort to dealing with uh, the world around us now. You got to be able to laugh, right? You got to be. Because if to. you don't, you will cry. <laughs> and I'm not a big, I'm not a big crier. So uh... me neither, man. <laughs> Jesus, you're actually one of the bigger criers <sighs> I know. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Seen the watch the Good Doctor much lately, Mike? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Listen, I, I don't care who you are. If you don't cry at the Good Doctor, you're not human. I haven't watched it. Yeah, because you don't want to cry. I'm, uh, no, well, yeah, that's because I'm not a crier. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what we've had going on. Uh, it's not much, but it's what we are. It's pretty much what everybody else has going on. Yeah, not a whole just, lot. Everything's fucky, man. We're just waiting to see how fast the country's gonna burn. Not if, mm-hmm. just how fast. It's true. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a month. I think we got a solid month of good life left until yeah. the comets start coming down from the sky and yeah, I'd say cri- I'd say critical mass is like December, December twentieth, and then from there on out it's just like f- fire. So Christmas is fucked this year. Fire brimstone, yeah, and uh, you know by January we'll pretty much all be ashes. On the bright side, yeah. you know what to get all of your uh, all of your liberal friends for Christmas. What's that? Nice gift wrapped brick. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a hunt or like a like a bottle of hundred forty proof alcohol. Yeah, and a okay. washcloth. And for your and for your Republican friends, you can get them torches. Okay. Uh, and maybe some rope. Okay. Because that's what they do. Oh, like effigies? <laughs> Is that what we're yeah, talking yeah. about? Oh, or oh, kidnapping supplies. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody on every side is totally fucked in the head. It's so that's, funny, dude. That's pretty much where we're at. Yep. Oh my god! Me, and then me, and then me, here's us, totally me normal. Me and you will be sitting on the the uh, the curb, building burning behind us, just drinking some beers, going. This is this is fine. How, how after how how after everything that has happened over the past you know decade that we've known each other, how did we end up being the normal people? Oh God. That just Isn't that proves, weird? That just proves the sad state of the world. Oh, God. It really does. Wow. Yep. Hey, well, join us, y'all. Yeah. If you're feeling disenfranchised by anything, mm-hmm. by either side, join us, man. Yep. We're, not, the... we're not fence-sitting. We're curb-sitting. We're curb-sitting curb while everything burns around us, and we're just drinking some beers. If you, if you want to join us, we'll give you James's address at the end of the episode. Yep. You, can, you can meet us here, like break glass in case of emergency <clears throat> kind of thing. If the world yeah. ends, come here. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, it'll be a party. We'll there's, have... a, there's a liquor store we can raid, or at least we'll go in after other people raid it. That way, we don't feel bad. Yeah, I don't want to raid anything. Exactly. Yeah, but but I'll go. I'll go in and grab a bottle of booze. I guess <laughs> if it's just laying there, it's just gonna go bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into some corrections from last week. All right. Stupid! You're so stupid. <laughs> uh, you we... are stupid. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's what my mother tells me. Um. Just kidding. Uh, we do have some corrections, though. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sister Agatha from uh, the Jacuda episode yeah. from last week. Yeah. Uh, Sister Agatha is not German or Bavarian. 
Okay. She is Dutch. All right. The, Dutch uh, from yeah, the, the Netherlands. The Bavarian was the, uh, the, 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 the deckhand, or the guy who was steering the ship after the other guy disappeared. Sure, we'll go He was that. the guy that he bit in oh, order yeah, to German. learn yeah, better yeah. German. Yeah. Um, and we should have known this, though, because the original Van Helsing from the original movie was an old Dutch guy. Oh. So that would stand to reason that she's Dutch. Okay. Because we're stupid. Mm. Um, and also, I just wanted to clarify something here. I said that Sean Connery invented the role of 007. I'm very well aware that he did not invent the role. Oh. I'm very well aware that it was a whole Ian Fleming book series. Yeah. And Casino Royale technically was the first Bond film, even though it wasn't really like a Bond film. It was a. It came out before Dr. No. Yes, did you know there was two Casino Royales, James? You're looking at me like like I'm crazy. What? what no, what, I, I'm just listening to you. Did you know that, though? That there was another Casino there was a, Royale there, there was a Casino Royale film? before Dr. No. It was an adaptation oh. of an Ian Fleming book. But was it, it but just it's called not, Casino Royale? Yeah, it's yeah. not considered part of the 007 <laughs> canon because yeah, it was I don't made think, from a different company. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so that was technically mm-hmm. the original one. So I know that he didn't invent the character, but he kind of invented the on-screen version of sure, yeah. 007. That's right. what I meant. So right, right, right. I just wanted to clarify that. But uh, that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, also, uh, everything else we said. Yeah, most, completely wrong. Yeah, most of the things that we said were <laughs> probably wrong, but <laughs> I mean, what, it would take four hours to correct that. What are we doing this week, James? So this week, uh, hangovers are a witch. Yeah. Hangovers, and um, to to properly give ourselves a hangover, we need to drink beer. We do. Um, and that beer is. It's just sticky. Uh. It was a it was a long it was got, a long trip back from the fridge, Mike. Because it's got that sticky icky on oh, it. Oh, that sticky icky! Uh, <laughs> this says it pairs well with festivals, which I imagine it does. With um, festivals. Oh, they said vegetables. Vegetables. <laughs> it probably pairs well with that too, like a nice blanched asparagus. Oh, I, I have some. We can try this. <laughs> do you really? I do. I totally do. You have blanched this. Well, oh, I have asparagus. It's already blanched. No, I have asparagus, James. Oh, God, we can we can blanch it. Up. All right. So this is from Terrapin Beer. Didn't they call it blanched? Blanching vegetables because Blanche on the Golden Girls prepared all of her vegetables that way. Yeah, that's is that is that, is that it's pretty common knowledge. Oh, okay, so that is the lexicon. Okay, gotcha. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, God, God, just making sure. <laughs> don't ask, don't ask dumb questions when you <laughs> already know the answer, Mike. Good lord. All right, so um, Terrapin Terrapin Beer Company from Athens, Georgia. Does it smell delicious? It smells like weed. Oh, well, okay. Well, maybe that's because it's a hemp cherry Berlina Weiss. <laughs> this is called Dancing Gummy Bear. And it's got a picture of a turtle. Oh, uh, turtles. Wearing a Fender Stratoca- Stratocaster. I like Wolf. <laughs> amongst a uh, uh Amongst a backdrop of uh, rolling hills and evergreen trees and pot leaves and I red, love, I, I love pot and red clouds. I like red clouds <laughs> <laughs> and turtles. Oh my god! Dancing gummy bear Berlina Berlina Vice combines. Uh, oh, that's a nice looking word. Montmorency. That's um, a nice looking word. Montmorency. Mont Mont. Montmorency. Montmorency. Montmorency cherry juice, hemp seeds, and lactic fermentation. Oh, Jay couldn't drink this. Nope. Lactic fermentation for a sweet and tart experience. Aromas of stone fruit, which we know what that is now. Ha, <laughs> fresh nugs make this beer a real <laughs> pleasure on so many levels. 
Bro, I love fresh nugs. Can I tell you how much I love fresh nugs? Yeah, I just spilled all over my computer. Well, that's fine because actually while you're up, why don't you grab us some... Um, my glass? Yeah, I think this one deserves a glass. Because I kind of want to get the... Uh, <clears throat> I want to let it breathe, you know? Let it kind of soak in the, the air of the room and 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 meld with what you got going in here which is sort of a stuffed pepper vibe it's and stuffed, then it's stuffed peppers and weird farts <laughs> i don't know if you want that really uh i do i do i definitely here. definitely do and then uh and then we'll really get the uh sort of the um Dude, smell that though we'll it's really crazy. get sort of the stinky freshness of the fresh nugs Oh my god, dude! It straight smells like <laughs> it weed. It smells like it smells like a glass. It, it smells like a glass of beer that you literally just dropped a huge bud into. It's a glass of weed. That's what. Wow, it is. dude! I've never had. I've never. Uh, I've never. I've never. Oh, it's like a it's nice. Like, it's like a light pink color. Ooh, that's nice. I like. I like things that are pink. <laughs> it's like the thing that was on. Uh, on what's her name? Uh, I can't ever remember her name. The chick from the second Suspiria movie. Huh? I can never remember her name. The main chick from Dakota Johnson. Yeah, Dakota Johnson. Like what was on her chest at the end of the uh, movie? Oh, just a giant vagina. Just, a, just you <laughs> noticed that, right? Well, of course. Okay. Because she is the mother. <clears throat> yeah, this but, is. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Oh God, yeah, that's straight up weed. Wow, dude, that's crazy. Hey, my neighbors will be proud. <laughs> It's it's really our it's just sort of blending in with the normal Cheers. smells of your apartment complex. Cheers, sir. It's weird you don't taste it though. <clears throat> I just get like tart cherry juice. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good. It's weird though because it does not taste the way that it smells at all. Like I don't get any fruit or cherry smell <clears throat> coming off of this. At right, all. it's just it's all weed. <laughs> It's just all and also, weed. wait, hold on. Is it just your cup, or are you smelling dust, like a dusty smell? I'm still getting weed. Might be this cup. <laughs> it just came straight out of the dishwasher, so probably not. Dusty old cup. Dusty yo, <laughs> dusty yo, dusty yo cups. Dusty old dick. Oh, no oh. one, no one really knows our. Dirty Nobody old knows what dirty old dicks is. <laughs> it is a hot jam, a hard joint that will be dropped eventually. <laughs> we started recording it. Uh, Ten years ago, maybe. Yeah, if you didn't know that uh, James and I have uh, have a super underground hip hop project, and it's so underground, no one's ever heard it. That's not true. We have at least one huge, uh, two, three fans: Carney, Greg, and mm. Vern. Yeah, all huge fans of the Justice League. <laughs> the Just Us League. The Just Us League. <laughs> Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we what are we watching this week, James? So this week we are doing a compare and contrast of the original Suspiria from 1977, from uh, one Dario Argento, and then Suspiria 2018 from one Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. It's a fun name to say. Very Italian. Very sexy. Two very two very different movies. Yeah, it's incredible Could, how different be, they are. Couldn't uh, be more different. And uh, and both very good, and uh, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> we're gonna get deep into those movies. So, Just so deep. So anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> Well, 
outside of democracy, nobody died this week, James. Oh, well, that's pretty awesome. Good. <laughs> I guess there's that. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, Neil Marshall is back in the news, which is why we're watching this uh, this gem of a movie right over here. The Descent. The Descent is on. But uh, Neil, so good. Neil Marshall back in the news this week as his upcoming film, The Layer, <clears throat> will officially mark his return to full tilt horror. I'm very excited about uh, talking to Screen Daily. Um, he talks about the movie uh, and, and, and the way that he describes it is that the story centers on a downed Royal Air Force pilot who escapes a terrifying bunker in Afghanistan containing mutant man-made biological weapons oh. and unwillingly brings the creatures back to a U.S. Army base. Uh, he goes on to say, I'm making something scary as hell, pulse-pounding and great fun. This is a crowd-pleaser. An adrenaline-pumping roller coaster ride, spectacular and loud, inspired by classic genre movies like Aliens, Predator, and The Thing, and their use of practical creature effects. Cool. All good. Yeah. All amazing. Neil Marshall is an incredible filmmaker. Um, had a career resurgence, I think, with uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, at least a lot of his, uh, he had two episodes, I think, and they were both pretty he- pretty critically acclaimed. Yeah. At least uh, in terms of, um, like, a lot of other, I know, like, Joe, uh, Joe Green, Adam Lynch. Joe Green and Adam Lynch. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Adam <laughs> Joe Green. Lynch and Adam Green, yeah. It's the fucking weed, man. No, it's the weed, bro. <laughs> um, on the movie Crypt, he was on there, and they were talking about that and how like epic his episodes were and stuff. And I think that like that was good for him in terms of turning his career career around a little bit because he had done a uh, movie, like, movie like Centurion and uh, Doomsday, which were both great movies, but they kind of critically panned a little bit. They didn't do very well. And then he did the Hellboy. I didn't see, I didn't see Centurion, but I saw Doomsday from your recommendation. Yeah, and I, I, actually, love it. I liked it a lot. I love it a lot. Um, it's a and smorgasbord then, of, of concepts and ideas. But. Yeah. And he did quite a bit of TV after that. Uh, but he did, um, he had a, a um, Tales of Halloween. Yep. Yep. Tales of Halloween segment. And then uh, the new Hellboy movie. Yep. Which was also pretty, it bombed pretty hard. So that <laughs> yeah. didn't do well for his career. Yeah. But, um, that was Hellboy was probably supposed to be like his big return yeah. to like big movie making, and unfortunately for him, it just didn't do well. Yeah, um, which we'll not get into that because I haven't a, I haven't seen it yet. So there's I, a I whole can't rabbit really... hole you can get down to of sure. why that movie didn't do well. But um, anyway, though, yeah, Neil Marshall, good guy, watch his shit, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of uh, revisiting some old films like Dog Soldiers, Variety is reporting uh, that a prequel to 2002's Orphan is in the works. With Isabel Furman returning as Ether. Ether? Esther? Esther. Esther. <laughs> Ether. Ether. <laughs> she's the Ether of the movie. Um, she's returning as Esther. Now, she is now 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because she played a 33-year-old in the original movie. Right. As well as like an 8-year-old. Um, <laughs> right. So it'll be interesting to see how, now that she's sort of in between, if she can pull off the two. Because this is a prequel. Right. So she's going to have to be even younger than she was when she was young. Yeah. Which is weird. Unless it's kind of the, like, unless it's kind of the story of her as an adult leading up to her, like, maybe just toward the end of the movie, like, third act, it'll be her first foray into pretending to be a child. Oh, my God. That makes perfect sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because her prequel would be her as an adult. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> mind blown <laughs> uh-huh. oh it's perfect no wonder yeah that makes perfect sense because it'd be even harder to do i guess not harder but 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. There you go. This is why. This is why I bring out the big guns with you, James. Squirrel found the nut. It. It really did. Okay. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Hulu has announced uh, that its amazing two season run of Castle Rock has come to an end. Yeah. Um. They are not planning on a three season three. Why do you ask? Uh. It turns out that Warner Brothers TV, the makers of. Uh, the show. Um, they are focused on supplying content to the rival HBO Max now. And uh, however, there are no plans to revive the series over there either. So, had two two seasons, had a good run, and uh, they're just not going to con- continue it, I guess. Cool, I guess. Pricks. I don't know. I, I loved season one. Season one was brilliant. Um, I have yet to watch season two because we were supposed to do it for the show and then we didn't get to it and I have not watched it since. <laughs> It'll happen eventually. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, but, that's, um, that's kind of a bummer though. Like, I, cause what are the, is, do they, are the, is there any like, uh, inkling of what they're going to be supplying for HBO? Well, they've been, I guess, doing some stuff. Um, it's just that they're just turning not, their focus this, more yeah. onto that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. That's kind yep. of a bummer. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, Just because I like I like I like Stephen King extended universes. I agree. You know, I agree because I'm a big Stephen King fan. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? I don't know, James. Uh, what's uh, what's going on over there on the old Blu-ray though? Oh, let me tell you. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go out and buy some, buy yourself some Blu-rays. That's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Lovecraft Country sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just buy, Mike? We're not talking about that. <laughs> if you loved Misha Green's HBO series, fucking HBO, stealing stealing fucking content from Hulu, you pricks. Didn't I say a couple weeks ago that everything seems to be coming out on HBO Max? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. All right. Well, if you loved Misha Green's HBO series, Lovecraft Country, based on the 2016 novel by Matt Ruff, you'll have a chance to own it on... A, uh, you'll have a chance to own a physical copy on February 16th, Michael. The complete first season is headed to Blu-ray with special features that will include Compendium of Horror, which I don't know what that is. It's some sort of featurette. Arithia Blue in the Imagination of Diane F- Diana Freeman, Crafting Lovecraft Country, Exploring Lovecraft Country, and Lovecraft Country, The Craft. It's a lot of... It's a lot of saying the same thing over and over <laughs> there. I um I did not watch Lovecraft Country because I didn't don't have the have uh, HBO. Don't got it. But I've heard nothing but really good things. About I it. have it and I haven't watched it yet. No, you're failing. Too much other stuff going on. You're failing at life, James. Too too much other too many other uh, like like I have to watch Rubber and Killer Condoms. Yeah, eventually. Killer Condom. So, you know. Not this month, but like eventually. That's, that's the kind of stuff that takes up my time and why I can't watch, you know, like back burner kind of content like Lovecraft Country. Yeah. All right. If you're not quite ready to give up summer yet, Mike, if you're not ready, if you're not ready to get into the holiday spirit like some other people are, I UK... Drove, I drove by Christmas lights today, James. <laughs> I was not very happy. You Snapchatted it. I did. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck. UK-based company 88 Films has you covered with I Know What You Did Last Summer, the trilogy heading to Blu-ray this winter. Yeah. The limited edition set will feature three discs housed in a rigid slipcase with brand new artwork and will include six art cards, a double-sided fold-out poster, and a 44-page booklet, as well as some new and some old special features. The set is available for pre-order right now on Amazon.co.uk for 29 99 pounds sterling. That's it. 
29 that's like Fucking what 30 bucks pound pounds 29 pounds sterling i want to figure out what that is it's from, like thir- uh, i think it's like 35 bucks because yeah, that's i'm not bad because i'm pretty sure i just i'm pretty sure i just backed something on kickstarter which was 29 pounds sterling mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I could just say pounds but it's more fun to say pounds sterling <laughs> I think it was like 35 bucks, 36, okay. 37, something like that. That's not bad, though, for a three-movie set. The unfortunate part about that set, though, is that you're getting the third movie. They should have just left it out because it's fucking atrocious. It's, dog, it's fucking dog shit, Like, mate, the, It's what it is. Get the set, throw the movie away. Yeah. Yeah. Put a better movie in its place. Yeah. You know what you could do is just, instead of instead of sending me the third movie, I'll give you 29 pounds sterling. Mm-hmm. You take the third movie out, throw it away, put two pounds sterling back into the fucking slipcover, and then send it to me. They're probably not going to do that, but you know that's that's cool. That's an idea. It'd just be cool to have two pounds <laughs> sterling. What is with what's with England and pounds? I don't know. It's they don't measure things like their money is called pounds. We measure things in pounds. And then they measure things in stone, which is stupid. (laughs) Stop measuring things in stone. (laughs) It's not the fucking 1600s anymore. (laughs) Start measuring things in a real unit of measurement. This has really got you ticked, doesn't it? Yes. (laughs) It's dumb. (laughs) Do you know how many stone you weigh? I don't know. A big one? It's... (laughs) I weigh one large stone. <laughs> I think a stone is 14 pounds. Okay, so then if that's the case, then no, I still don't. <clears throat> yeah, math is hard. All right. Well, anyway, that's all for blues. All right, so uh, the last little bit of fun news here is a little bit of fun casting news. Uh, Johannes Roberts is directing the upcoming reboot uh, of Resident Evil, which I'm very excited about. Cool. Big fan of the old series. I'm sure the new one's going to be great. Uh, and Mr. Donald Logue has joined the cast. Oh. You know, you know Don. Oh, Don. Don's in the house. Don uh, Logue. Donald Logue has been in so many things over the years. Uh, great character actor. Um, I, I think one of my favorite performances of him is actually from Gotham. He played uh, uh, Har- uh, Bullet. Bullet? Uh, Harvey Bullock. Bullock. Um, yeah, he's uh, he was from the comic books and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I loved his character in Gotham. I kind of fell in love with him as a character actor, even though I had seen him in a lot of other stuff beforehand. Uh, Gotham really kind of cemented it for me, so I'm super excited that he was cast in this. And um, yeah, it's a good addition to the new uh, Resident Evil movie. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's your news for the week, James. Cool, bro. Well, uh, we're gonna take a quick break so that we can I don't know shotgun two three hemp beers. Yeah. Just get blasted, I'm gonna bro. S- I'm gonna smoke a beer. <laughs> smoke a quick beer, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, we'll be back to talk some Susperia. Susperia, right, dude? Throughout this dulcy faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Suspiria from 1977, directed by my favorite director, Dario Argento. (laughs) 
Hated it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sphere is the one movie in his catalog that I can say with confidence that I don't hate. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's the one. Um, I think it's because it's... Uh, it's Ho- hold on, hold on. Yeah. Just to be clear, you don't... Well, you haven't seen his whole catalog. That's true. Yeah. Of the catalog that I've seen. Uh, Suspiria is my favorite of his, hands down. Um, and I think it's mostly because of the visuals. I think the visual uh, the visual style of it between the use of lighting and the, and the set, the beautifully shot sets in that movie, it's just like the, the rest of the movie almost doesn't matter, <clears throat> yeah. which is both good and bad, I think, for the movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, I hadn't watched it in a little while. And my, my impression of it was a little bit different now that I was... Uh, actually paying attention to it uh-huh. like as opposed to before where i was just kind of watching it for entertainment now i was kind of watching it not with a critical eye but you know paying attention to more things taking notes that kind of stuff with that expert critical eye oh yes of the buzzed kill podcast oh, mm. the end all be all <laughs> that's you know um yeah i don't know i still like it <clears throat> oh i still pulling you that sounded neat i <laughs> I, I still like it. I still like the movie. And upon finishing it, I go, yeah, still a great movie. Still love it, right? Then I watched the remake. And I will say this. I liked the remake a thousand times better than the original. There's a whole bunch of horror nerds that are about to fucking kick down your door. Well, and you shouldn't because they're two very different movies. <laughs> um, it's sorry, I'm not saying, sorry, sorry for calling you guys horror nerds. I'm not saying that one is overtly better than the other. I'm saying I preferred the remake. Yeah. I thought the remake was just, I thought it was better. I'm not saying that it is better. Just I thought that it was. Um, and uh, it's it's funny. We're doing this, this compare and contrast. And it's very hard to compare these two movies because of how vastly different <clears throat> they are. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're basically not even like you could have called the remake something you could have called it something different. You would almost never even know that they were this like that it was based off of the original aside from the fact that it takes place at a at a dance school. I mean there's certain beats that it still follows. I mean the character of um Susie. Excuse me. This character of Susie is is roughly the same. You have Sarah that's still there. You have Olga that's still there. Madame Blanc is still there. All the characters are well, basically the same. Yeah. The setting is still the same. The idea of what's happening is sort of the same. The difference, though, and, and it's funny, I, I say that's so different, and then I kind of just mapped it out to be the same movie. <laughs> the difference is what they do with all those individual pieces. Right. So it's like it's like all of the all the if you broke both movies into an identical uh, cutout puzzle, right? When you put the pieces back together, you're getting two completely different images. Mm-hmm. You know, same puzzle pieces, completely different outcome. Yeah, and that's really the best way to kind of say it. Yeah. Um, and one of them has more chest vagina in it. That's very true. I right? always appreciate good chest vagina. <laughs> um, it's. <laughs> Would you just fuck me? <laughs> oh God. Uh, it's not necessarily a puzzle I'd let my kids do, but I might. Yeah. I might do it with a bottle of wine. You know, late yeah, you at know. night. It's <laughs> just vagina. <laughs> well, <laughs> when in Rome uh, <laughs> or Germany, if it's Germany, <laughs> rather, yeah. Ooh, Shiza. All right, so Suspiria, <laughs> the original from uh, seventy-seven, uh, again directed by Argento. Uh, the new one, though, from twenty eighteen, is directed by Luca Guadagnino. Uh, Luca Guadagnino did a really good job with nope. this. <laughs> did I get it wrong? Guadagnino. Guadagnino. <laughs> It's like El Nino, which is Spanish for the, the Nino. Nino. <laughs> Rest in peace, Chris Farley. Oh, um, 
I'm going to do a uh, contrast here on, on the two synopsis. The original one is an American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet at a, uh, academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. And then you have the new one. A darkness swirls at the center of a world hold renowned... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're reading two different synopsi. Yeah. Change your voice a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Especially with the, especially with the fact that this one starts with... Okay, you're right, you're right. I got, a, I got this. A darkness swirls. A darkness swirls at the center. <laughs> That's terrible. Keep have, going. I don't have a deep voice, it's man. It's fine. Keep going. A darkness swirls at the center of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer, and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmares. Others will finally wake up. Sound like Kathleen Turner. <laughs> oh, uh, we all know now where my future is not going to be. Uh, and it Ooh, is in voiceover. One man. Yeah, see, so you're way better. You should have done it. Um, that's the thing, though. So they're they're both... It's... Help me out here. It's... it's we, when we both... <laughs> no, I'm just going to let you ride the struggle bus for a I while. Am, I, I really am. Because when you came over uh, here tonight before we started, we kind of were talking a lot about this because... We both really enjoyed the movies, uh, especially the new one, but we didn't really know how to talk about it because there's there's so much to take in. Like, like well, it was like I I came over I I re, I had to rewatch like the last half hour because yeah. I because I had uh, I had dozed off a little bit, not because the new one wasn't a good movie, but just because you know I get dozy sometimes. Sure. So I dozed off watching uh, like during the last half hour. So I rewatched it when I got here tonight, and we got to the end of the movie, and you said. I really, really, really enjoyed that movie, but I can't explain exactly why. Yeah, it's there's <laughs> there's something about so the the remake has a certain denseness to it that the original didn't have. Like it's a heavier movie, like just visually, um, th- thematically, it's a lot yeah. heavier. It's a lot denser. The thing is, though, I mean, it's an hour longer, so it's it, it is an hour longer. There's definitely a lot more packed into it as far as. Uh, like the storytelling goes, there's way more plot to it. There is, but at the same time, they're both sort of, I don't want to say the word simple, but like they feel a lot denser and heavier and packed full of information than I think they actually are, which is weird, especially the Argento version. The Argento version has, it has its plot. It's a, it's a relatively thin plot. I was going to say the Argento one is pretty, pretty thinned out. Like it, it I don't... really is. It's, and that's, my big problem with Argento a lot of time, it's a lot of style over substance. Right. And again, we, we've gone into this before. I'm not going to repeat myself. Not the world's biggest Argento fan. Um, this one, though, is one of those rare instances where I think the style of the movie is what sells it for me with the original. Yeah. Um, like I always said before, just because something looks good doesn't make it a good product. Like for me, story is huge. You have to have a good story. Otherwise, everything else just kind of falls flat. This movie's sort of that rare instance where i think it's a little bit uh backwards yeah i because to me like i feel so neither one of us are huge fans of italian horror true um for me it's it's the writing like i i love i love really good writing Mm -hmm. um and italian horror always comes across as just sort of it's like they rush through things just to just to get to the 
to the more stylistic stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they put, they like, put more like the story, the story that. suffers so that the, the visuals can, can, uh, you know, kind of be put up on, put up in the forefront. And I'm always just like, why not both? You know, sure. like, why I can't agree. you, why can't you do both? Because they're like watching the original Suspiria. I do like it a lot. And it's for the same reason as you. Like it's it's like the style, the lighting, um, the set pieces are all amazing. Uh-huh. But when it comes to the story, like the pacing of the movie, there's so many there's so many like instances where so much time is wasted, um, with a shot that goes on for too long because it's a really beautiful shot, a sure. really beautiful lighting, but the shot goes on too long, like. And and the story suffers because of that because you lose. I mean, thirty seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but when it comes to setting up a setting up a story, th- a lot can happen in thirty seconds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you have that happen six or seven times throughout a movie, you're talking about three or four minutes worth of time three four five minutes worth of time where you could have been setting up the story but instead you were lingering on a particularly cool looking shot yeah to set up the atmosphere which don't get me wrong atmosphere is just as important as story but like you got to kind of give and take a little bit you know what i mean and it's funny argento when talking about like the new film compared to his film um he said quote it betrayed it didn't he didn't like it he goes it betrayed the spirit of the original film there is no fear there is no music the film has not satisfied me so much which kind of with the whole music thing or whatever it's like there was music in the new one it was just not the music it was opposite of what argento did it was it was more complimentary to the film itself like don't get me wrong uh the goblin soundtrack yep. for the original uh, the original Suspiria is so good. Oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um or in this case it was The Goblins. Yeah, they they went by Not, a whole bunch of different names. Yeah. Um but it was it was very much in the forefront. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like when when it was playing, the scene was kind of it was they were two separate things. It was like you you were seeing what you were seeing and then there was the music, but I think we talked the, about when the, we were... the the Suspiria soundtrack for uh, the 2018 version, which was written by Tom Tom York, Tom York from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. It was more like it was more of a feeling, you know what I mean? It like it, it like it, it wasn't jumping the place better. Yeah, it wasn't jumping out at you. It was just kind of setting the mood the way I feel a soundtrack should. Yeah, I've long thought too that whenever uh, I love. All of, almost all of Goblin's score uh, for a lot of our oh, yeah, movies are, awesome. are incredible. Definitely, we talked about this with um, uh, Phenomena as well. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, did we do another Argento movie that we talked about this with? But I, for sure, Phenomena. Um, we thought that the music just doesn't always fit what was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like they're they're kind of forcing and shoehorning in this music because it's what Argento likes. Right, and that kind of happened again in Suspiria. The music is great, but it always it doesn't always fit the tone of what's going on in the movie, and right. it can kind of be jarring at times. Mm-hmm. So, for as good as the individual pieces are, it it sometimes it clashes. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, like the this Tom is York like to score sit, was to like sit down and listen to the Goblin soundtrack for the '77 version on vinyl. To yeah. sit here and listen to it, fucking awesome, awesome, yeah. right? To watch it in the movie, 
it's a little distracting. It's still awesome. Yeah, but, but it is distracting. Still awesome, yeah. but a little distracting. Whereas, Whereas the, the Tom York one Tom was York's. like perfectly in place. It added to everything, and even when it feels a little bit out of place because it's not so in your face, it like settles in, and you eventually you understand what it's doing in the scene. Like there right. was there was a scene at the very end where I thought, okay, this one actually feels like a little bit out of place, but then after it went for a, about a minute, I found myself not paying attention to it. And it absorbed into the scene, and it suddenly made sense. Was it during the final scene yes. with the, uh, like the uh, the death? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, it felt out of place at first, but then it just kind of worked. Yeah. And I and I understood what they were going for. Right. Um. Yeah. Speaking of like the way the movies, there's so many differences between them that are the same yet different. Like the entire ending to both <laughs> movies are vastly different. Yeah. Vastly different. They yeah. they both start off relatively the same. You know, they both start off with. Uh, uh, you have uh, Susie coming to Germany to study at this at this dance academy. Yeah, uh, the ta- uh, Tams Tams Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the character of uh, who's it? Olga that starts off the movie running away from the academy. Uh, the, the Olga, no Patricia. 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 Yeah. Uh, in the in the remake played by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And oh, you got, got it, it right. Got it right. <laughs> Just got to go against my habit. Um, <laughs> Played by her, I thought she was fantastic. I didn't know that uh, she spoke really good German. In Every, the beginning of it, everybody in this film did. Because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of them are like. I is is Tilda Swinton German? I I think that I Tilda she's Swinton British. is bilingual British? though, so it wouldn't shock me. Of course she is. It's it's fucking it's Tilda just Swinton. Fucking Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Tilda Swinton, by the way, who played three different characters in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had the we had the um, which one of them confused me a little bit, like. Her playing Doctor Klemperer, was there really a, was there any significance to her playing when that she role? was asked? So when they were when they were doing the making the rounds for this, uh, everybody kept asking her because apparently it leaked from set. Everybody kept asking her if she played Doctor um, Klemperer. Klemperer. Yeah, and she would say no. He's played by this actor. Now Tilda Swinton and and Luca had this whole entire backstory planned out for this one act for the for the credited actor that played him. Yeah. And they were gonna go as far as to be like that he passed away before the movie's release, which is why he would never be there. Lutz but they thought Lutz Eber, Ebersdorf. Yes. Yeah. But they thought that maybe that was going a bit too far to say that somebody died. So they kind of like they just didn't do it. Okay. And there was an interview where they somebody kept asking her and she's like, no. She goes, I always tell people that the actor, you know, I did not play that character. This other actor played that character. Nobody's so, asked me the correct question. So she was playing. So she was playing an actor playing a character. Hypothetically, yes. Like she was, like she was method acting essentially. Yeah. So she was well, playing sort of. Lutz Eber- Ebersdorf playing. Yeah, Doctor Klumper. That was the thing. Like no one's asked her. Okay, are you playing are you Lutz the character Eberstorf? of yeah. Lutz? La- 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 What's his name? <laughs> Lutz, Lutz Eberstorf. Yeah, and she, finally she goes, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, but she also plays um, Mother... Uh, uh, H- uh, Helena Marcos. Marcos, yeah, yeah. Mother Marcos, uh, which is just creepy. She was a creepy character. It was really hard to tell what she... Because she was, she was speaking inward, I think. She was talking like this. Yeah, her and lungs it was, probably don't work anymore. And it was really hard to understand her in that last, uh, like the last couple minutes of that scene. She, I watched she part looked, of this movie she with looked subtitles. Fucking disgusting and yeah. awesome. I but, watched uh, part of the movie with subtitles for that exact reason, oh, just because yeah. I, I was missing some words here and there. A lot of the accents were pretty thick. Yeah, um, but they were mostly okay. But um, and to answer your question, 
no, there was no significance of it. Uh, her and Luca just figured that this entire movie is made off of the backbone of women. Sure. So why shouldn't the man be a woman? Okay. Yeah. And she goes, I did it because it was fun. The uh, the prosthetics Great. were amazing. Like now, she she looked incredible. The I voice was, I mean, because she I, still sounded like Tilda Swinton, or he sounded like Tilda Swinton trying to like gravel up her voice a little bit. So it was it was a little distracting to me. Because we knew that she was playing that character though going into it, I think it, the illusion was lost a little bit, but if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Yeah, you would. I don't think that so. You a, might it was you a, might think it was that a female voice. You might think that that's weird whoever's playing that character is probably somebody younger with a lot of prosthetics on Maybe. or whatever. You might you might think that. You would never have thought that it was Tilda Swinton though. No, probably not. You know that that yeah. that's all. Because I remember when that came out, it was like this big, huge reveal that oh my god, Tilda Swinton played that character. Yeah, it was a big deal. But um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Um, okay, so back to the the actual like plot here, so we can get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, like I said, you, they they both start off with Patricia. Well, let's uh, let's start with seventy seven first. So you've got so you've got Susie showing up uh, in the middle of the night. She sees Patricia kind of yelling something uh, and then running off into the night. So you have no idea what's going on, but she knows that something weird is happening at this place. Um, Patricia ends up dying, uh-huh. which is a it's kind of it's it's a strange death to me. Like, who kills her? First of all, was it supposed to be the uh, like the 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 big um, uh, the lurch looking guy. Yeah, the helper guy. Um, maybe he he kind of seems like, like the muscle for the coven. Did you notice that whoever it was was wearing a sleeveless shirt and they had the hairiest arms ever? <laughs> it was like we were watching Wear again. Um, so so bizarre. Um, and then so she she goes missing. Susie gets into the academy and at first she's shacking up with Olga off campus, but then they move around to campus. They uh, they end up deciding. So in the original movie, um, the the witches really don't have any ulterior motives. It's just they're a coven of witches who have this dance school. Yes. Um, they're not trying to. They're not trying to inhabit the bodies of these young women. Best that I could tell from they're not watching trying it, to no. bring the the young women into the coven. It's just like they have this successful dance school. You know. Yeah, th- this and, is... and and Mother Marcos, Helena Marcos, who's the the Black Queen, this like ancient witch, is just kind of in the place. Yeah, and th- she's got her cronies all around her. Yeah, that's one of the things about the original movie that I was I'm still a little bit confused about is, I guess they just they kill these girls because they find out too much. Because they they try to blow the lid on the whole operation, so they have to kill them to keep them silent. So that's it, basically what so I would got it from it. So would stand to reason then that if all of these girls just lived in this place and went about their daily duties of of learning their dances and stuff, then everything would be pretty much okay. Maybe they feed on their energy or something. I don't know. Well, but... I guess okay. Uh, so sh- uh, Susie goes at one point in time to talk to a young Udo Kia. Udo Kia. Um. Who's just looking spiffy in his green jacket, too bad sipping his, on a Coke. Too bad his sexy German accent doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overdubbed. <laughs> she goes to talk to him, and then he introduces her to uh, to this to this guy who's an expert on uh-huh. you know witches and covens and stuff like that. Which is what you heard in the opening in segment. the intro of the episode, and he explains to her that uh, 
as witches, the only way for them to really prosper is uh, off of the uh, off of the backs of other people. Like they have to do nefarious acts. Yeah, you know they can't. Yep. This isn't good. This isn't good magic. Like they can't just make themselves rich by by casting a a spell. They can't make themselves fall in love by casting a love spell. Like they have to basically create the downfall of others in order for them to prosper. Yes. And that's kind of what they're doing. So, yeah, I guess in a sense they're feeding off the energy of these young girls, and if they get too close to the truth, then they take them out. Yeah, this... But I feel like I feel like there's going to be a lot of people in the horror community that listen to this. Well, <laughs> that's assuming that a lot of people listen Five to this. Five of them. Um, I feel like there's going to be people that are going to be very upset on the way that we're kind of approaching the original Suspiria because it is such a beloved movie. Yeah. And we're not saying that we dislike it. That being said, when you actually look at it with even like half of a critical eye, you kind of realize that like the movie was almost... You could have written it like, hey, I want to write a movie about there's some witches and they kill some people and uh, maybe there's like a dude, like there's the, the Ahab that knows that knows about the witches and you take all these things, put it together and then loosely tie a story around it. It's kind of what this movie is. Then use a bunch of red and green lights and shit. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's once again, like we were saying, it's style over substance. Yeah. There's not a lot of substance to the movie. You take away, and don't get me wrong, it's like we said earlier, it's beautifully shot. The use of color in this movie is second to none. Oh, yeah, it's dude. Beautiful. I loved, I loved watching this movie. The, the I did. set decor is gorgeous. Yeah. Like that, that, the, the, all the angles and the paintings in the school and like it's all beautiful. Be like, I, I don't I, I I don't know about this stuff. Is it like Art Deco or? It's not Art Deco. I don't think it's Art Deco, but it's it's because it's almost it's almost um, it's almost not vintage. Is that the word I'm looking for? No, well, it wouldn't have been vintage back then because it came out in the seventies. Well, no, well, no, but I'm what I'm saying is like it, it's it's almost like uh, like all the archways and stuff like that, almost like a vintage vibe. But then they. Then they contrast it with all the harsh angles, you know, like harsh, uh, like sharp angles and stuff. Yeah, I like give, that. I get what you're saying. It, yeah, it, it's it's very stylized. Yeah. Um, and then and then couple that with, I mean, if you say anything, if you if you say nothing else about Dario Argento, like his use of light, sure, uh, is just incredible. Sure. And it's like no, it's it's like nobody else because it's so it's so kind of it's it's out there. You know what I mean? Um, cause it really doesn't make any sense. No. Aside from the style of it all, you know, like somebody will turn off the lights and then all of a sudden there's just a bright green light coming from somewhere that makes no sense, but it looks amazing. Sure. Um, so <laughs> that's like, I, I hate to call it that. Like, I hate to say style over substance, but that's. That's kind of what it, it is. It is, and that's why you watch the movie. That's why people love the movie. Yeah. It's it's because it's a feast for the eyes, and I'm right. not. I will. I will always give it its propers for that. Right. Um. To, to just to finish up on what's going on in the story here, though, you basically have Susie. She's uh, through the uh, other girls that she is friends with and lives with in the dance studio. She, her and Sarah. Her and Sarah. Are, are, yeah, mostly the Sarah sort of really fills close. her in on what was going on because yeah. Sarah was very close with Patricia. You know, and I told her a couple of things beforehand, and Susie eventually sneaks around and discovers the secret. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a there's an interesting scene at the very end where she's she's stuck in this kind of back room or whatever, and uh, Mother um, Marcos, Marcos is yeah. is in the room, but you can't see her because she's invisible. But yeah. every time the lightning strikes, you can see her silhouette, sort of, or her outline rather. Yeah. And um, it's funny. There's a there's a peacock, a bird. That has 
crystal feathers. The bird with crystal the crystal plumage. Plumage. <laughs> <laughs> which is another Dario Argento movie. I don't think there's any connection other than it just being a physical connection, but I think that's kind of funny. Which, But it's funny because that's what she actually ends up using to kill to Mother Marcos. Kill Mother Marcos, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the ending to this movie. She kills Mother Marcos because she finds out through uh, Udo Kiel's friend that you ha- that once you kill the head witch, the whole rest of the coven will basically fall. Yeah. It's like cutting the head off a snake. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the end of the movie. The place goes up in smoke and the studio burns down and she gets away and that's kind of it's it's almost like a final girl sort has, of has trope. a laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a final girl trope though to it, where she's the last one surviving. Right. Um, speaking of deaths and whatnot, there's there are a couple of cool deaths. Like there's a girl that at one point that falls into a pit of barbed wire. That's my I think that's my favorite death in this one. But she, it's, it's laughable she, it's so, how she falls into it. <laughs> well, she doesn't fall. She jumps willingly into it. Like she's. She's trying to track down because she's counting the steps, right? She's trying to track down where they where they've been going at night, where the teachers, yeah. the tutors have been going at night, and she ends up uh, getting like hit over the head with something. So then she's freaking out and she's running and comes into this room where she has to crawl up onto some boxes that she's stacked up, and then she goes to jump into this room. Which she should have seen this, right? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> oh, but uh, but at the same time, hold on, we're we're thinking of it because we're watching and we're seeing the Dario Argento lighting, the green and blue lighting. Mm. But it was probably a pitch black room she was diving into. I suppose, yeah. Okay, that's that's one way. But of for at some it. damn reason, this entire room is filled with like razor wire. It's the surplus. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so they keep the old razor wire. So she gets she gets caught in there, and you know, like every little bit that she struggles, it just wraps tighter and tighter around her, and then somebody kind of leans in, polishes her off by slitting her throat, which yeah. is that whole sequence I thought was uh, the, the throat slit was actually really cool. Yeah, that looked that looked yep. really good. Um, that sequence of her just you know just running from whoever was chasing her and and ending up in the razor wire room well, I thought was this really whole, cool. This whole scene was a bit avoidable though, because she runs into this like before she runs into the uh, or jumps across the razor wire, she gets uh, stuck into this room because there's a the creature the witch or whatever is after yeah. her, and she goes behind, locks the door, and it's one of those locks. Where, I, had the, I had the sense that it was uh uh what was his name Pavlov. Yes. Pa- it will, was it Pavlov? Not Pavlov. Pavlov is the <laughs> the guy with the dogs. Um, uh, I don't actually have him in my uh, my cast list here. Uh, but while you're finding that out, yeah. she's she's stuck in this room, and it's just one of those latches where it's a metal bar that falls sort of in, in a groove, and and it stops the door from being pa- open. Pavlos. 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 And he's sticking his knife through the crack of the door, trying to lift up on the latch. And all she had to do was hold the latch down. He wouldn't be able to get in. Yet, instead of doing that, she just looks at it happening and screams and backs into a corner. That's a good point. The, it's uh, dumb character flaw 101. That's a good point. The other thing that I was thinking was, this guy, is he literally, he has the knife sticking through and it's just a little latch that he has to lift straight up on. And it takes him five minutes. <laughs> She's like, just lift up, dude. Just lift. Yeah. You, you got it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I do like. Again, I feel like we're kind of shitting on this movie. I no, do like this movie. No, I like this um, movie. But when you compare it to what a different eye did with it, like, like, like when when you when you 
watch this movie through the lens of somebody else, like Luca. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you see what was done with it. Like, and Luca uh, Guadagnino, uh, he he did say in an interview that he did not want to go back and re uh, re adapt what Argento did. He basically he didn't go back to the source material at all. He wrote the movie based on what he remembered from it and the feeling that he got while watching it. Okay. So that's why a lot of this is is definitely different. He wanted a completely different reinterpretation of what Argento did. And I think he went back to, or he had read the original source material because even Argento's script was based off of a book from the late 1800s. Oh, it was? Yeah. There's, there's another story that, that I believe it was adapted from, if memory serves. Um, so I don't know if he was taking maybe some things from that as well. It's very possible. Okay. But, um, but yeah, like, like, so you have, you have Argento's. Oh, uh, I just, to, just to correct you here. It's um so it's based off of it's partially based off of Thomas de Quincey's eighteen forty five essay Suspiria de Profundis. Okay. Yeah, just so that you um just so we're on the up and up here. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, there was there was some source material and I don't know if maybe he had read that and got some stuff because in the interview he did talk about he how um, it was the feelings he got when he read it. Yeah. So maybe I don't know if he's talking about the uh, the original script or the original source material essays or, or what it was. Mm-hmm. But um, he he did very intentionally though do things opposite. You know, when you're comparing them, Argento's use of light, Luca's use of light is is not even there. It's it's very muted colors, everything. Like there's hints there were a couple, of color. There but were a couple times where he brought it in. Towards the end, yeah. Just like a, like a, you know, an homage to, to, to Argento. Yeah. And then there was like the like the weird little uh, shimmery rainbow prism thing when she was having her nightmares, which was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Did you notice what that was? What was? I'm it? fairly certain that that little shimmering thing that she saw, which I'm certain was the spirit of um, Suspiria. I can never get this name right. Sus- Mother uh, Mother Suspiriora. Suspiriorum. Suspiriorum. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Superior. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking that that it was their representation of of that. Is but, what I'm thinking. Uh, well, hold on though. Uh, Ma- Madame Blanc, Ma- Madame Blanc, played uh-huh. by Tilda Swinton, she said that she was sending those nightmares to her. The nightmares, yes. And 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 in this movie, Susie herself is actually spoilers here. We're going to talk about this mm-hmm. heavy spoilers. This movie's from 2018. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on Prime. Go watch it. Last um, chance. <laughs> last chance. And here comes the spoilers. Susie is Mother Superiorum. Yeah, it's a hard word to say when you've had a few beers. Super- <laughs> superiorum. <laughs> um. So you're saying like that because you're saying that's sort of like a a, a manifestation of Mother Superior. I'm so not, like would that I'm be... not convinced. I'm not convinced that Sarah or Susie knew that she, that that she was. I think that the spirit of Mother Superior was always in her, right? Which is why she was always talks about how she was drawn to Germany. Right. Her mother, even her mother, uh, Susie's mother, is a couple of flashbacks of her mother who's dying. Uh, her parents were like um, yeah. I was, I, I was going to say I think it's basically. important to mention too that her her parents were. Now she talks at one point in time how the Mennonites branched off from the 
Amish because, because they the weren't Amish, The Amish thought that the Mennonites were too liberal, essentially. Like oh, I thought it was were, backwards. I thought the Mennonites were more strict than the Amish. No, because in real life, I mean, Mennonites can use electric and oh, shit okay. like That's that. Fair. Like, That's fair. yeah, you'll see Mennonites hitching rides on the on the highway. Okay, well, I not got on that. the highway. And also, that might be that might be sort of a weird thing to hear for oh, so people. Oh, like Kingpin. Uh, they were <laughs> they were Amish. That might be sort of a weird thing for people to hear. Like people listening to this who don't live close to Amish country. Yeah. But we between me and my parents' house, mm-hmm. it's a ninety-two mile drive from here to my parents' house. There's a very large chunk of uh, Amish country between. Us and my parents. Whenever I used to go, and visit there's my also a lot of Mennonites, and you'll either see the the Amish and their horse and buggy on the side of the road, trotting down the side of the road, which you have to be really careful. Oh, I yeah. found out because at night their tail lights on their buggies look like car tail lights, mm-hmm. and you're going 64 miles an hour on M53, and all of a sudden you're like 30 yards from them, and yeah. you're going, oh fuck, they're only going. Ten miles an hour. I killed the Amish. Oh, dude, I've almost, I've almost ran straight into the back of an Amish uh, buggy before. But then Mennonites, you'll see them hitching rides in cars. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, my when my grandparents lived in uh, Pennsylvania. We'd it's Amish country out there too. Oh yeah, so, totally. So yeah, so I would see them all the time or whatever. So I got very used to seeing them when I was a kid. So. By the way, best best furniture, best pies. Oh yeah, dude, their food. Oh is, yeah, their food is so good. And the the uh, the you know that bed in my in my room at my parents' house. The oh, big... I know that bed. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's a that's <laughs> that's an if if that's an Amish very... that's an Amish made bed, dude. I fucking love that bed. Oh, if yeah. I could bring if it would fit in my house right now, it would be there right now because it's so sweet. Not, not I didn't mean for that to sound so weird. The only <laughs> the only reason that I know about the the bed at James's house because we fucked is there. because that's where I sleep with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> It goes, it goes, it goes me and then Mike and then Aaron in that order, <laughs> spooning. Not, I mean, you're not always there. I'm not always there, but you know, most of the time it's by the end of the night. Yeah. You know, um, anyway though, um, what the fuck were we even talking about? Uh, who cares? Yeah. Right. Uh, no. Oh yeah. Uh, we're talking about Susie's mom. So Susie's, Susie's mom, parents are Mennonites. Uh, Amish. or Amish. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yes. They're yeah. Amish. And, um, so she even says though, because her mom is dying throughout the movie, you get kind of some a couple of flashbacks to her mom on her deathbed, basically. And she even said that Susie was basically like the the sin that she spread on the world or something like that. I forget her exact words, but she referenced Susie as as like the grossness that she put into the world, like recognizing her as evil. So it makes me wonder if. Because she was so in tune with those uh, um, Amish, uh, what's what is the Amish religion? Is, um, it, is it Amish? They're just Christians. Christians, right? Yeah. Well, maybe because they're so in tune with it and they're so conservative, or whatever. Mm. She knew that she was pure evil. Like she knew it. Um, because it kind of came across that way. Yeah. Well, and yeah. So she says, me... yeah, she says, because she's on her deathbed and she says, "My final sin, like uh, the only, the the exactly. sin that I would like to apologize for is yeah. my daughter, like letting her loose on the world." And it's exactly. like, God, you're kind so, of a bitch. That's what I'm saying. I wonder if like she recognized it, but Susie didn't recognize it. Like Susie didn't know it was in her until yeah. she went. To, until she, she was drawn to like, Berlin. Susie just thought that her mother hated her. Yeah. But her mother knew that she was 
pure evil. And like she was always, she talks about how she was always drawn to Germany, drawn to yeah. this thing. She loved dance, you know, and she was always drawn to this one company and she never really knew why. And it's once she got there is when it really started to take hold. But I think that Mother Superiorum was, was with her the entire time. Well, she was Mother Superiorum. Uh, I think like she the, was in her. She I think was she a, was using Susie as a vessel. I think she was literally like a reincarnation of her. Sure. So I guess basically the same thing, splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so something I just thought about, which is kind of interesting, and I think uh, I, I'm going to say this probably much to the chagrin of people who love the original <laughs> movie. We're probably going to spend the rest of the time talking about the remake. <laughs> sorry. Not Sorry just is what it is guys just move there's on. there's a lot more to talk about hey, it's also yeah it's a like two said, and a half hour more movie with with more substance i think Sorry. we said this at the beginning this movie's way more dense like right. there's so much more packed into this right you're more dense really um something i just thought about which <laughs> i'm sorry but i didn't mean that so it's kind of interesting so in the original here we go talking about the original in the original, so you just lied to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in the original, so it comes. It, uh, there's, there's the three, the three mothers, the three mother witches. There's uh, superior, superiorum. Uh, ten, ten, I was gonna five. say, do you remember them? I'm, I don't. I'm not even gonna try. But um, so there's the three mothers, superiorum being one of them, and that, and she's the mother of size, right? Because superiorum is latin for breathlessness great because all we need are more size queens in the world (laughs) 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 um so in the original though that that heavy breathing that you hear coming from uh mother marcos all all the time Uh you know like that's that's kind of like the that's kind of this like uh the symbol the mother of size like she's the breathlessness you know it's interesting because that same sound effect, that heavy breathing, that labored breathing comes into play in the remake. I'm just kind of working this out on the fly, so it's it, it might be a mess. But uh, but it comes in the form of her mother on her deathbed. You hear it throughout the movie, but it's her mother oh, on point. her deathbed. And it's, it's superior, mother superiorum, the mother of size, the mother of breathlessness. And then like, she was literally the mother of the reincarnation of it. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, it's not a completely formed thought yet, but I just think it's kind of interesting that, that, that sound effect that comes in, in the movie, that's very similar to the original Mm -hmm. comes from her mother. Yeah, it's I kind never, of strange. I never even put two and two together, but you're kind of right. Yeah. Oh, I'm it's definitely right, bro. It's very interesting. <laughs> um, I think that uh, I like I like how in in the remake too they don't hide the lead. Like you know, right from the very beginning that this movie is about witches. Oh, straight away. Uh, right. Whereas in the original, you don't find out that it was about witches until the third act. Kind of halfway through the third act. You don't you don't know for sure. It's not fully confirmed until the last. 12 minutes sure. of the movie. They, they at least give, they at least, uh, they started with, um, actually Udo Kier basically is from that point on is when you really start to understand that it's witches. Who? Udo Kier. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Udo, Udo, Udo Kier. Oh yeah. Ah oh, yes. Udo Kier. Uh, whereas in the, the remake, uh, it's from the very get go, you know, the very, actually the very first scene, you already know that it's about witches, which was probably smart from the do because anybody who is going to see the new Suspiria has seen the old one. There's no reason to bury the lead. 
You know, you're not, you're not saving a big twist at the end. I don't know, though, honestly. I don't know. I don't know uh, because you have, I think, I, I think for people like us, yeah, like totally, we're, we're, we either have already seen the original for movies like this that are, that are coming out like remakes. Mm-hmm. We've either, either already seen the original or we're definitely going to make a point to go see the original before we see the remake. But I, I think for like a general movie going audience, you don't necessarily go go back and watch the original before you. That's fair. Like how, like how many if a if a creature from the Black Lagoon movie came out right now, how many young moviegoers do you think would go back and watch a, a black and white film from the fifties before they went to see a new one? I mean, I think some would. I think my, some of them. More would, my sure. more my point was though is even without seeing the original, knowing that it's about witches up front does nothing to hurt the movie. Oh yeah. Oh okay, like you, yeah. it doesn't need to be hidden. Right. So for so for the benefit of the people that have seen the original <clears throat> and then also uh to the benefit of the movie, because I think knowing that it's about witches adds a sense of dread throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Because you know that something nefarious Ooh. is going on behind <laughs> the scenes the entire time. Right. So I, I, I think that not burying the lead was very smart in this <clears throat> one. Oh excuse me. Um well and I think that I think that putting that right up right up front to begin with allowed for more breathing room or <clears throat> not breathing so much anyway more breathing room for like rounding out the rest of the story uh-huh. you were introduced to more characters you had uh um Klemperer, dr Klemperer, who plays who ends up playing a really important role in uh-huh. the whole movie um uh you get to see a little bit more of like behind the scenes like the 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 carnage that can happen when you cross these cross this coven you know mm-hmm. just stuff like that and then the like the backstory with Klemper and his wife and and Doctor Klemper by the way I don't think we even mentioned this uh, she was Patricia's psychiatrist she was he was here he was well technically well, she, I guess it was kind of she yeah. <laughs> uh, he was Patricia's psychiatrist that she fled the dance studio. And like got away from the witches to go see him, uh, and he didn't believe her at first. But then he got a hold of her journals because she had left them, I guess, or something. Or she got a hold of them after she died, and um, started reading through them and started following the, the breadcrumbs and took on this investigation by himself. And he's kind of cute, actually. He's got like he's like this little old man who's like, <clears throat> "I'm on the case," <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's he's trying to figure it out. But he's also got his very own sad backstory with the war. Um, there's a lot of parallels with this movie, uh, with World War II and post World War II Germany. Mm-hmm. There's actually there's a whole side story about the real life uh, terrorist uh, uh, hijacking, basically, um, from because uh, well, this all took place during the Cold War. It was uh, um, this movie took place in 1977. By yeah, the way. it was during the Cold yep. War. So it was. Uh, but what was the? I can't remember what the terror. It was an airline. Terrorist. It was an airline. They took they took took control of an airline for some guy. I I'm sketchy on the exact details. And even though they talk about it in the movie a lot, I was <clears throat> a little bit confused about how that storyline played into the rest of the movie because they'll go back to this whole uh, hijacking storyline. Uh, quite a bit throughout the movie. And they tied it in a little bit because they tied it in that, oh, Patricia left because the company's not going to tell the girls that Patricia's dead. Mm -hmm. So they told the girls that, oh, she left to join the Red Army and be a part of this hijacking group to fight for 
something, whatever, for her beliefs she or whatever. Was just, she was an activist who, yeah. who who suddenly became more interested in being part of a, a revolution or a, yeah. or um, a resistance as opposed to being part of the 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 dance school. And so they, but she had also found out secrets about the dance school. It, it, so what it sounded like is they were they were originally. Their original intention was to use her as the new vessel for Mother Marcos, uh-huh. right? But then she she got and, wise and, and to and what she, was going on. Well, and she was. It seemed like she was willing at first, but then she got wise to what was going on, and then she got more involved with her activism, and it kind of pushed her away from what they wanted her. to But do. then she got scared, right? That's why she went to go see uh, her psychiatrist or whatever, right. and and we he, all know what happened he, to her now. Yeah, and he thought that everything was a, just a complete delusion. He uh-huh. thought she was nuts, and and she was making all this up, and so he didn't really, he didn't really listen to her. Um, but going going back real quick to the 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 terrorist plot and stuff yeah. like that, um, uh, we did hear something that there was a a parallel between the terror the terrorist plot, what's going on, because it it seemed kind of weird. You kept hearing this 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 plot like the or this storyline peppered peppered in throughout the entire movie and you didn't really know what was going on and then it, it kind of took we it took us a little time and then we read a couple of things and it seems like it was a there was a parallel between what was going on in that storyline and what was going on within the walls of the the um the dance academy yeah like it was it was basically it was very political obviously right and the uh i think the idea was that uh what was going on in the political atmosphere of Germany at the time, post-World War II, you know, you have all this stuff going on, uh, and the idea that you have, um, it's 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 kind of weird. If you go by what we were reading, and this is just one person's take on it, I forget the guy's name, but there was a thing on YouTube we watched, uh, the idea of it was that uh, the both the the government and or not the government, but these uh, the Red Army people, the yeah. uh, the resistance fighters yeah, and all that yeah. stuff, uh, and the dance academy themselves, it, was, it had a lot to do with uh, fanaticism, right? And how you can have these ideas or whatever, and how Mother um, Markle, Mother Marcos, Mother Marcos, Markle, Mother- <laughs> it's it's Germany, <laughs> Angela Markle, it kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense as to where that came from. Uh, Mother Markle, uh, she became sort of a fanatic within the coven because she thought that she was mother superior. Well, no, no, no. They they were fanatics of hers. There was the 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 other witches in the coven were fanatics of Mother Marcos. And then she bought into it so much herself though that she actually sort of start I think started to believe well, it that's, herself. Yeah, that's what I so so toward the end of the movie a few things come to light and then I I get the sense that at some point in time Mother Marcos had convinced all of these other women, all these other witches, that she was the uh, the the reincarnation of uh, Mater Superior, uh, not Superior, uh, Sus- Superiorum, Superiorum, yep. right? So she's basically because she's all she's all as they describe her she's disease on top of disease like she's just this disgusting like blob of of flesh and she sounds hot she <laughs> she <laughs> sounds hot and uh and she has basically it's almost like i mean she's a witch so obviously there's a little bit of magic and stuff going on but it's almost like she has 
she herself has bought into this idea that she's the reincarnation of uh, Mother Suspiriorum mm-hmm. so much that she's kind of willed herself to live all this time. Yeah, yeah. And to find a new vessel. Like and the that's vessel where, that she was in has has and she's worn through it and and then all of her cronies in this in this place they've bought into it too. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea the idea behind the um, uh, comparing that to what's going on politically in Germany is that you have this Red Army group that is very fanaticism in their beliefs as well, and they're very powerful at first, just like the Coven, and they they have this plan in place, just like the Coven, and then eventually though it starts to implode on themselves. Yeah, throughout just like the Coven throughout the movie, basically through like radio and TV stories, you hear their plans start to fall apart. Yeah. Which, Which is, is a, cool. It's a, it's and it mirrors actually, what's going on in the walls of the dance hall. I would really like to go back and watch this movie again with all of this in mind and like kind of you know connect the dots because I agree. When I was watching it, it it went over my head a little bit. You know, what I, I mean? this I really wish that I would have had time to watch this movie twice because as soon as it was done with, I realized very quickly that it's going to be difficult to talk about on the show because again, I'll say it: it's so dense and there's so much to take in mm. that it's very difficult to recall every little detail about the movie um and, and it really is like this is this is the kind of movie where you need to watch it i think a couple of times mm-hmm. to really kind of start to have everything that you're witnessing kind of come together right um and i would say that's where i could draw a distinction between argento's and luca's is that i would i would i would and have watched the original suspiria a bunch of times. Sure. And I will still go back and I'll watch it a bunch of times more. Of course. Because it's a great movie, but more so for me, it's a visual treat, right? This movie is one of those movies that I would go back and I would rewatch because there's just more information, there's more subplot, subtext, more dots to connect, there's just more going on, uh, you know, like sort of in a cerebral way. At the same time, though, I don't feel like this movie needed to be two and a half hours long. No, 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 no. So you definitely could have chopped off For as much as there is hour. in there, there's still a lot of filler in it. And that's kind of what I was talking about before. Like, even, even the new one has the story, when you actually break down what the story actually is, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot thicker than Argento's, but it, it still isn't the most crazy outlandish story with so many different tentacles coming off of it and you know it's really not i just i feel like you know i feel like a lot of the clemperer story could have been cut out the old man the doctor yes i feel like a lot of that could have been cut out I his th- his I entire think that, involvement was because they needed a witness for right. the ceremony at the very end right and you needed a way for the witches to basically start getting nervous that they're being caught on to right but I agree with you. It didn't really need to be there. I liked the story of of him. Uh, it was a I really just, it was a really cool excuse to to bring uh, Jessica Harper back. Yes, who I play, agree. Who played agree. Susie Banyan in uh, in in the original movie? That was great. She looks incredible. Like she she really does. She basically looks exactly the way she did back in nineteen seventy seven, except for maybe a touch older. Um, so that was really cool to see her. She aged about as well. As I can never remember her name, the mother from Mrs. Doubtfire. Mother Marcos. <laughs> what was her name? Uh, actress's name. The mom from Mrs. Uh, Doubtfire. Sally Field. Sally Field. No, no, no. Aged Susan, gracefully. Su- Susan Sarandon. 
and Susan Stranded, but Sally Field aged very gracefully as well. And the reason that I say oh, Sally they're Field all, they're is all, because they're all babes. Sally Field though kind of looks like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Harper a little bit. Totally, yeah. a little bit, not completely, but a little bit enough yeah. to where it made me think of her. Yeah, but um, um. hello. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the fun stuff of this movie. Okay. Like when the like when Olga got the shit kicked out of her by, uh, by Susie in a completely different room. That was so <laughs> cool, dude. That that was, it was awesome. It was such an amazing scene. It was fucking. It was beautiful and brutal at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I I will say so. Uh, I gotta admit something. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before. But if you're new to the show, here we go. I was I danced for 14 years. I don't I think you've younger. ever said that on the show before. Okay, well I was a dancer, baby. Breaking news, guys. 14 years, I was a dancer. Um, you've never seen anyone lighter on their feet than me. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I've seen your gut. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> um, but the the choreography in this movie I thought was so cool. Uh, sure. There were I, I mean <laughs> yeah sure sure. Uh, it it was kind of interesting to. I know that contemporary dance has been around for a long time, um, like the 40s, I think, or something like 30s or 40s, but uh, you don't, I don't know, you don't typically, I, I wouldn't have it, I wouldn't have expected it in a movie like this, uh, granted, it's set in the 70s, so it, contemporary dance had already been well established, but because the original Suspiria is ballet, mm-hmm. and because most most movies that you see about dance are about more refined types of dance. Like Black Swan. Right. Black Swan. Which, there was a real Black Swan moment at the end where she put the makeup on. Yeah, she that was pretty kind of, cool. She had kind of a Black Swan-y kind of uh, it was really white cool. black makeup thing going on. But yeah, the, the choreography in this movie I thought was awesome. And then it lended itself to one of the coolest <clears throat> death scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. Which was um, Susie comes in and she's... She's not a well-established dancer. She's uh, she hasn't studied under anybody. She's, she's completely completely self-taught. She walks in, and they weren't even going to give her a chance. Like they 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 basically said, "You're supposed to be a well-established, um, uh, what the hell, dancer, uh, com- company dancer for like two years before you can even get through our front door." And she comes in and she does this cold audition. That completely blows them away. Mm-hmm. Um, to, the, to the point where um, Madame Blanc was in the other room and felt her. From yeah, the other, like she like felt, sense, like she felt the presence dancing, yeah. of her dance. Yeah, which now that you know that she's Mother Superium, like or superior, superior, superiorum, superiorum. <laughs> We're drunk. Makes um, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it, it it does make sense. She was drawing her in. They both they they both kind of were. You know, had these powers. Yeah, yeah. but they, um, they have this other dancer, Olga, who is... Su- she's trying su- to lead. She's supposed to be taking the lead on this uh, this Volk dance that they're doing. And she ends up she ends up storming out of the room at one point in time because she's just not getting it. And then she as she turns to walk out of the room, she turns around and accuses all of these women of being witches. Yeah. Well, that can't stand, right? So then... Someone dumb fucked up. So then Susie, <laughs> Susie comes in and they and and she says, "I can dance the lead." And they're like, oh, "Women who have been trying to do this dance for years can't even do it." And she's like, "I can do it." So they say, "Let's see it." And they they put like a they put like a hex on her 
or something like that. So like she, it kind of starts, amplifies what she's. She starts the dance and she's not perfect, which is a perfect uh, um, uh, comparison to her vessel too. Like her vessel's not perfectly there yet right. to be Mother Superiorum. Right. So she's she, but she comes in and she blows everybody away like she does it and like everyone like, right off the bat is like holy shit like for someone who's never done this before she's a natural at it yeah so they come over and they calm her down saying loosen up this and that you know we think that you could be great at this but you need to like you need to be refined a little bit more mm-hmm. and madame blanc touches her hands and her feet and you can see these little white glowing spots yeah and did she do that intentionally because they were going to kill the girl next door? I think so. Okay, so they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, <clears throat> um, so at some point in time, Susie becomes self-aware and, and understands that she's Mother Superior, but I don't think that she would have, I don't think she would have intentionally hurt Olga. Because she didn't seem to have any ill will toward any of the other girls in the in the academy. Yeah. So I think it was... I think that uh, Madame Blanc recognized some sort of power in her, and when she went over and touched her, it amplified whatever was happening. Sure. So there's this amazing scene where Susie is doing this dance, Mm -hmm. and Olga is trapped in this room of mirrors down, like down in the the basement of the academy, and for every move that Susie is doing it's twisting well, Olga's this, body this into dance like these... is very violent too yeah like she's throwing her arms around her body's contorting and twisting right. like it's it's very it's a very, very harsh movements and every time she hits one of these crazy arm throws or this and that it's ripping this poor girl to shreds yeah, she's in the other tw- like room. Like <laughs> twisting her into her jaw snaps out of place. Her arms are both locked behind her head. Yeah, or yeah. fucking her like leg comes up over her head and gets snapped into place. And yep. and then eventually her whole spine twists. And then she's just like this nasty, like just twisted mess on the floor. Yeah, she's brutalized. Um I had read I saw I saw that scene and when I saw that scene I was like I was like that's whoever's whoever's playing the Olga the girl mm-hmm. in the mirror room I said that's a that's got to be a professional either dancer or contortionist to be able to do she is she's a no, professional she's dancer. Yes, so no so I read the same thing that you did. Uh and then after I finished the movie today, yeah. I was watching some behind the scenes stuff and uh-huh. they actually showed the entire making of that scene. Yeah. Uh the arm that was back behind her whatever yeah. is a completely fake arm and they green screened out Well, obviously, yeah. But they green screened out her one arm. Well, nobody's arm can stay well, that she was far a, behind she was a, her. Well, the the thing that I was reading at least online though was that there was very little um there was very little digital effects used in that scene everything was done practically yeah uh, and then they go on about how she was a real contortionist and she was able to bend her arms and legs into these weird positions that's what i just said but the way that they make it sound is that everything that you're seeing is what she's actually doing when the arm that's behind her head is a fake arm coming off of her back and all so like, you know i wasn't I'm, I'm not talking about that like obviously the the arm is fake because it looks all shriveled and gross um i'm talking about just like the the control that she has over her body, like 
Oh, okay, okay. Where it looks like she's being punched in midair and I stuff gotcha. like that. You know what I when mean? I, like she's, I, 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 I watched that because like, yeah, the arm is fake. You can tell the arm well, is fake. Well, when I first but, read that, I thought maybe they're talking about literally her arm was dislocated and put it, you know, oh, people can like do she was a real contortionist thing. or something. Yeah, the yeah. way that I read it, it was worded to where it made it sound like she was actually bending her body in those crazy, oh, weird ways. Okay. No. So okay. No, okay. I just, I just, I saw the, I, I saw the way she was moving on screen. I was like, that she's got to be a professional dancer, and she is. Um, but yeah, that was, that was probably the coolest death in the entire movie. I mean, I don't know. There was the whole third <laughs> act. There's a few, there's a few good ones though. There are a lot of good ones. the The entire third act is is fucking nuts. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. When. When Susie finally gets down there and like she's she's almost kind of giving herself up to um, uh, Mother uh, Marcos, Mother Marcos. Why can I never remember? I don't know. You're really bad. I really am. Um, She's like she's ready to go down there and give herself to Mother Marcos. And Mother Marcos is like just this sloppy job of the hut looking (laughs) crazy ass witch. Sloppy old. And she's and she's like, you know, um, are you ready to do this, this and that? Uh, Madame Blanc is there and she's like this needs to be pure and everything else Madame Blanc sort of seems you can see that she, Madame Blanc is having her doubts about she it. notices I think that she, something's wrong I think she recognizes a power the power in Susie that is separate from whatever's like it's she's not just this potential vessel for Madame Blanc like she sees that she's she should be scared in this situation but she walks in there with like 100% confidence yeah. and Madame Blanc is like, what? Why? Why? You should be freaking out right well, now. And because of that, because the, the idea of that is threatening uh, Mother Markle's... Markle? <laughs> I did it again. Mother Marcos. Because uh, her doubting it is kind of threatening Mother Marcos from taking over a new vessel. Mm-hmm. Mother Marcos like, telepathically damn near cuts off her fucking head. Oh, which that is, was awesome! Is, yeah, it was both beautiful and brutal, though. It she, was weird. She judo, she air judo chops her from across the room and cuts her head off almost. Yeah, it's it's from the back, from back to front too. Yeah. Usually, you see it from front to back. Yeah, no, it's opposite. Like, it, yeah, it's, ooh, <laughs> crazy. And after this is when Susie really comes into her own, and she asks Mother Marcos, she's like, "Which mother are you? Or who baptized? Or not baptized? She who says, anointed you? Yeah." Which mother anointed you, or are you anointed of her? Something like that. Mother Superior. And then she's like, false. I am she. <laughs> like, I am Mother Superiorum. Like, uh-huh. like, don't you, I'm ca- calling you out on your bullshit because you're saying you're me. Yeah. And then she, she and all of a sudden summons. This, and then all of a sudden, this gnarly. And then, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the movie is made by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> this, this weird looking death creature comes crawling out of the pit i saw somebody because we were trying to figure out what that creature actually was yeah and and everything that we were reading was basically it was the physical embodiment of death Uh but then one place that i read and this goes along with witch lore is that that was mother superiorum's familiar um, familiar well familiar a familiar is typically an animal though if i mean Maybe death is her animal. Like, how crazy of a witch do you have to be where your fucking familiar is death itself? Death is my animal. <laughs> how crazy is that, though? Think about it. That's also a cool... That is gnarly. It's also a band name that I call. There you go. Death is my animal. <laughs> uh, but the, just the idea that whatever whatever the, the this this 
pitch black, creepy ass creature was. It was crazy because she basically had it doing all of her bidding. And all of the witches earlier on in the movie, they were doing a um, a poll basically to say who was going to lead the company, mm-hmm. whether Mother Marcos was going to stay in, uh, uh, stay in control, in, 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 yeah, in power, or was Madame Blanc going to right. come in? And all of the people that said Marcos, the death thing walked around and just like touched them and exploded them. Yeah, didn't kill them, exploded them. <laughs> Like, uh, it was pretty awesome. It was amazing. And then everybody that said uh, Madame Blanc, though, was spared mm-hmm. uh, because there was a connection between between those two. Yeah. Um, and the whole end scene, though, it's just it's just like naked dancers and exploding bodies and witches. And <laughs> it's everything I would ever want from a witch movie. And it reminded me a lot. And people might get mad about this. It reminded me a lot of Lords of Salem. And I love Lords of Salem, but it's mm. that creepy, just really like earthly type witch feeling. Yeah. And I got that that whole last sequence was was a lot of that. Yeah. And I loved it. Like that's the kind of creepy ass witch stuff that I like in my witch movies. Yeah. Cause I did like I find I find witches genuinely scary. Oh, I do in, too. in movies. When they're uh, done well. Right. Yeah. When they're done well, like you have to there's there's gotta be I don't even know. Like I could, I'm I'm not even gonna try to list off the things that I need out of a witch movie for it to be super scary. Sure. But I know it when I see it, and this movie did it. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Agree. Like there was there was just there's just something about a good witch movie when you see it that just hits the right notes. And again, it's not to say that the original Suspiria didn't, but the original Suspiria, the the whole that the idea of the witches took a back seat. You know, a because bit, yeah. because you didn't even really find out that uh, Madame Blanc was a full on witch until the end of the movie when uh, when Susie sneaks down to that to that room and and sees her talking about how the the new girl must die and then she sneaks into the other room and and well, kills off Mother Marco. And that's and why I was saying by knowing they're witches right up front was not it was that that helped the movie. Right. You know, there could have been so many cool other witch stuff in Argento's version, but they they didn't. Because they were more worried about stylizing the movie, right? In, in my opinion, I don't know. Oh, we're gonna piss some. Oh people. yeah, <laughs> I, we still liked the original. It's yeah, just I love not the original. As good as the new I love one. the original. It's just like I, I'm a big fan of like really good storytelling, though. I agree. And 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 the original Suspiria is a a, a feast for the eyes, but it's not, it's not a great like well-rounded story. Dario Argento is not a great storyteller. I'll, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Like, like in, a hex in, on you. In my opinion, a hex on in you. In my opinion, I just <laughs> there is not a single movie that I've seen where his stories have been engaging enough to keep me interested. I know a lot of people love it, mm. so I'm not saying that like my opinion is the end all be all. But for my tastes, I just I don't see the appeal, and I think that I think that all of his stories could be told so much better. Hmm. Like, I just feel like he didn't, I just feel like he doesn't have the grasp, or at least I don't understand. <laughs> I'm talking myself into a, into a corner here. I get it. I, I wish I we don't had know. a sound effect of a shovel digging, <laughs> digging dirt right now. <laughs> <It's> really, <sighs> Vito's going to call me and be so disappointed with me again. He's he's like my parents. It's, I get at least one disappointed phone call a month. <laughs> hey, Vito, I have a new dish for you to try. 
Skifelta fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just like, it's just my opinion. I, I just feel like Argento would be an incredible, a much more incredible filmmaker if his stories were a bit more fleshed out. It also could just, like you said, it could be a cultural thing too. Yeah, it might be. Well, I don't know. But, but then again, Luca Guadagnino, he's Italian and he made a movie that we think is way better. Fuck Dario Argento, I guess. <laughs> Oh, we do. We wonder why our we wonder why our listenership doesn't get bigger, right? <laughs> hey, listen. These are the opinions that people are too afraid to say. Yeah, because they they're because they're going to be outcast. Well, we are the outcast, I guess. So. <laughs> My baby, don't mess around. Oh, that was Andre three thousand. Damn it! Um, I could have picked any outcast song, and I went with one of the one of the songs that was only done by one of them. Screw me. Couple uh, before we wrap up here, uh, some things that I thought was interesting. Uh, Dakota Johnson completed two straight years of ballet training for the movie. Wow! Because she did a, almost all of the dancing. I'm pretty sure in this movie. That's awesome. Um, let's see here. Nope, that was this. That's amazing commitment to a role because they could they could super easily because she had she had really long hair yeah I'm that was always like tossed around in her face she could they could just as easily replace her with a body double I'm sure that there was a double doing some a lot of the dancing like a lot of that crazy um you know dancing I'm sure there I'm sure there (laughs) was you know Um, dancing but, but she did do a lot of it herself um I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that Mia Goth is a total Whoa, whoa, <laughs> dude! They uh, let's be honest, they all are. Dakota Johnson, whoa, um, <laughs> babe, <laughs> babe. Um, no, yeah, yeah. This movie, uh, I, this movie had had great visuals as well. <laughs> um, oh boy, yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know that I have too much more else to say about it. There's so much that we didn't get to. There's so much that we didn't get to. <laughs> Um, There's so much that we didn't get to, but if we continue talking about the remake, yeah, people will hunt us down. Well, there's just more to talk about than the remake, though. Yeah. There just is. Um, and it's not because it's a better movie. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> it is. No. I, I mean, my personal opinion is that the, the 2018 remake is a more compelling movie in almost every facet. Blaspheme. How dare you? I'm I'm just not I'm not going to apologize anymore. Father Argento <laughs> will not stand for this. <laughs> Sorry. But that's all, all right. I got, James. Yeah, that's all I got too, bud. Um I'm trying to think. Oh, I I do have to say this. I knew from the very beginning of this movie for a fact without knowing really anything about this movie at all other than the fact that it was a Suspiria remake. I knew 100% that there would be a compound fracture somewhere in this fucking movie. I felt it. I thought it was going to happen earlier in the movie when the girls were doing the jumps. Mm-hmm. I thought the girl was going to land and break one of her ankles and it was going to stick out the bone. Didn't know where it was going to happen. Had no idea that you it was going to happen. But I knew for sure in my heart of hearts that this movie would have a compound bone fracture at some point And it delivered. That's like a... <laughs> prerequisite for dance movies i think <laughs> i think so you gotta have one. Oh, dude it's so gross but you ever uh, seen one in real life oh yeah yeah they're gnarly yeah bro I mean, they're gnarly yep don't like it it's like, that's not supposed to be there 
you know, something even more disturbing. It wasn't. It wasn't a. Uh, it was. Does a compound fracture doesn't have to be out of the skin, right? No, that's what a compound fracture is. I thought it was just like a full-on break. No, compound fracture is when it is sticking out of the skin. Okay, well, all right, this wasn't a compound fracture, but have you ever heard somebody break their femur? No. I have. Oh. And it's fucking terrifying. (laughs) When we were at soccer camp, when we were like, I must have been 12, 13 maybe, and this kid, Kelly, from Bad X, Kelly, uh, well, I won't say his last name, just in case somebody wants to, like, look him up and say, hey, femur boy. Um, <laughs> That's his last name, femur boy. We were, we were, we were at soccer camp, and, and uh, one of the coaches scored a goal, and he thought he was going to be a funny dude and, like, run up and kind of launch himself off the co- coach's shoulders. But Kelly was, like, 6'2", and... He was all legs, like just really long, skinny legs, and he came he came down kind of backwards after launching himself off of Ross's uh, shoulders. Ross was the mm. coach; he was staying at my house. Um, all the ladies loved him, but that's beside <laughs> the point. He came down and he kind of stumbled backwards, and his leg went out behind him, and then he came down with his full oh, weight God. on the leg, and you. <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget the snapping sound. It was like a large limb snapping in two. And then he screamed for 55 minutes straight while they were trying to put him on a stretcher. Jesus. One of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. But me and my buddy Justin couldn't help but sort of laugh every once in a while because we're heartless assholes. Did somebody pull out a Slim Jim and go, snap into a Slim Jim? Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I oh man, that sound was just sickening and, and kind of awesome. I don't remember hearing it, but I remember seeing it. Yeah, fuck, Ugh. fuck me. All right, well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I <laughs> hope that uh, this wasn't too rambly and that it, what we were talking about actually made sense. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it was. You guys, uh, you're here for a reason. That's yeah, to listen. You know the drill. That's to listen to me. So, oh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> he's here too. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, that's it for Suspiria and Suspiria. If you want to find us before our next episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You've clearly already found us, so please tell a friend. Uh, you know, we'll take the charity. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And um, we'll take we'll take charity in the form of money too. If you want to send us money, oh yeah, plenty of money. Um, Also, if uh, if you're more into the visual side of things, we do have a YouTube channel. Um, We are going to record a new episode this weekend. Yes, it's happening. Yes, Uh, kind of took a couple weeks off because of uh, holidays and then being in YouTube jail and a bunch of stuff. But we're gonna we're gonna get some more stuff done here. YouTube jail. YouTube Forgot jail. About that. Yep. 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 Uh, we're still in YouTube jail actually, but oh. uh, we'll be out of it soon, hopefully. And. And yeah, yeah, you'll get some more of that. So we'll be, uh, check it we'll, out on YouTube. We'll be back up, baby. So check us out. YouTube, the Buzzkill Podcast. Good. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Tell all your friends. And then, uh, you know, go to hell. Smash it. Murder it. <laughs> all right. We will see you next week. What is next week? Next week oh. is Would You Rather and Raise. There you go. Yeah. Ought to be a good Speaking one. Speaking of compound fractures, I'm fairly certain there's a couple in Would You Rather. <laughs> plenty. Plenty of them. All right, right, sir. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Stay fresh, cheese bags.